Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ with you. Keith, good to see you. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You're, our, our listeners can't tell this, but you're actually uh, traveling again out of out of the state, out of the city, rather, out of the city for a little bit. Out of the city, not out of the state. Although uh, when you go seven hours in the state of Florida, you're still in the state of Florida if you're heading south. There's plenty of states. If you go seven hours, you've, you've passed through about six states. Uh, I'm down in my old stomping grounds of uh, South Florida, Fort Lauderdale area, to be precise, for a conference for a couple of days. But somebody had to do it, so I decided to take one for the team. Um, you're that kind of team player. Keith, it looks like you're on campus. I appreciate you holding the fort down in my in my absence. I am on campus, but I'm not doing anything productive. How is how is summer school going? Are you teaching summer school? I'm not or? teaching in the summer, not teaching in the summer, but I am trying to be productive. So I've been coming in and updating some things and trying to get things ready. And that way it won't be so hectic when week one rolls around come, uh, what is it, August 22nd, first day of school, maybe? Yeah, I, think that's right. I think that's right. So we will dive into baseball here. That's the big topic that we need to start with. Uh, Bob Ferrante, our Osceola insider, will join us next segment and we'll get his opinion as well. But I guess just initial thoughts when the news broke on Friday. Were you surprised? Did you see it coming? What was your reaction? I was shocked. I did not see it coming. Now, you and I had talked a little bit, both on the air and off the air, that you know certainly the season didn't end the way any of us that follow Florida State baseball wanted it to. Uh, in terms of uh, wins and losses and where you play regional. And even if you'd gotten out of the regional, whether you'd been opportunity to host in the Supers. So we knew there was work ahead. We knew there were things that needed to be addressed. But I had no inkling that the administration was thinking that the plug should be pulled and that meat should be let go. I, I understood. We talked about it when it happened, that he'd signed a four-year contract. He just completed year three. So there was one more year under contract. Uh, I had every reason to believe it within my thought process that uh, he would be given that opportunity. And certainly if, if next year there was not, you know, material improvement, I'm not saying what the one loss needed to be and that, you know, you had to host a regional and then host a super regional and get to the College World Series. Uh, I'm not talking it from a quantitative standpoint, but from a qualitative standpoint, obviously, and meat would be the first to tell you. There was improvement that needed to be and needed to happen. Uh, so, no, that long story, back to the short answer, I, I was surprised. 
I think a couple of things played in Keith reflecting back and I'll save the second part of this for when Bob joins us. And that is the whole topic of what is, what should be the bar for FSU going forward. And you may say the bar is the bar and it's pretty high and it stays there, but I want to talk about it when it relates to facilities and revenue and everything that's going on in the sec, which has got four teams in the, college world series and six, if you count the future sec members. Right. But we'll save that till next segment. The the two things were, and I had commented a couple of weeks ago, somebody asked me about it and I said, well, the thing of it is, and this was certainly before the super regionals might've even been before the postseason. I said, link Jarrett is absolutely positively going to be in the South next year because he's not going back to Notre Dame where he's pretty much hit the ceiling on what he can do, where there's not fan support. There's not the pool of prospects. There's not the interest. And the NCAA committee has overlooked Notre Dame a couple of years in a row in terms of making them a host site. Plus, lots of SEC schools have money. And Link is going to get down to baseball territory where it's easier to recruit and play with an even hand. So, and I'm not saying Link will be the hire. I'm sure FSU will make a run. But the reality is, if you didn't move this year, Link's going to be in year two next year if you had to make the move. And he's not moving at that point. He's already at name your SEC school or right. school in the South. So from that standpoint, as a preemptive strike. And then the second thing is th this team had lots of warts all year long. Pitching was maybe the one exception, though that turned into a ward at the end. But in that regional against Auburn, every wart showed up at the same time. It wasn't like you lost to Auburn 4-3 because you pitched well, played good defense, ran the bases well, and they just – got a key hit at the end of the game. You did everything possibly wrong in that series. And had it just been one thing or the other, had you pitched well and hit well, but made a couple of defensive miscues, maybe not as big a deal. Maybe you play good defense, but you get a couple of guys picked off, maybe not as big a deal. But when everything stands out, and it did that weekend, including pitching, which had been the best part of this team, I think that was the other part of the equation. My frustration is all that is true, but all of that occurred over a two-week period. And I prefer to look at the sum total of the body of work. And, and granted, it didn't meet the standard. I'm not defending that. But I'm saying that you give uh, another little extension of time in order to make it happen. Because if you're going to make the move, which you have made, then you on the fourth floor and you in the booster suite, which is part of where you're going, you're going to need to get off your ass and get some resources. Because whoever you hire to come in here is not going to win with what you have right now, given the fact, and you astutely put to it, uh, talked about it, and, and many of our listeners may not have processed this, but there are four SEC teams in the College World Series and six if we were, what, three years from now. Right. So six of the eight in the College World Series are SEC schools. That's what you have to compete with now, and you can't do that with what you have right now. So you better get off your keister and get some things going very quickly, or you're asking someone else to come in here and fail. To be clear, Florida State will be competitive at the salary standpoint. I think the bigger long-term issue that's been percolating for a while is what do you do with the stadium? Do you dress it up? Do you invest 10 or 15 million to make it better? Or do you go out there after the football 
only facility is put together and you really start a fundraising campaign and say, we got to start from scratch. And the challenge with that is a new baseball stadium is, and I'm thinking pre COVID and rising construction costs, 65 million, you know, so you might be at 85 million to build what the sec schools have now. Well, if you want to see a, a country boy from Wildwood have a hissy fit, I don't want to see Hauser. that. <laughs> you, you move Hauser. We've talked about it. Shut that freaking road down, configure it like Omaha, invest in where we're at, and let's move along. There is too much history in that stupid piece of dirt than to try to move it. And I say stupid uh, sarcasm, Sheldon, because that dirt, just like Dope Campbell, is hollowed ground for many of us. Who are you calling Sheldon, buddy? Um, I hear you. You want to be learned? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's married to Penny, so maybe you do want to be Leonard. Uh, the question would be, how much are we, are you willing to spend to to polish that up as compared to putting that towards the new stadium? Right. And I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I do think, and others have made this cry, they got to find a way to get the students back involved at the games. I have long thought, and the road you're talking about is in the way a little bit, but there should be a party deck behind the right field screen and it should be student central and they should haze the heck out of the right fielder for the visiting team all game long and beers for those who are of age should not be seven or eight dollars a piece they should be whatever price you want to charge the students that's a little more fair call it the call it the tp plaza call it the big top plaza call it whatever you want to and 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 find some way to put a hole in the tent and watch the circus in 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 the other times well, I've always thought that chain link fence needs a, a hardware store. It needs Lowe's or Home Depot or Ace or somebody to just sponsor that. And then it becomes the Ace is the place party deck out there. And and that's what you do to, to, to get the students back involved. But so anyway, I, I don't have the answers for that. Uh, we do know change is coming. If it's link, it's going to be a little while because the College World Series starts this weekend and that gets stretched out, especially if you win a game or two. Uh, but the move has been made, and let, let's continue that conversation when Bob joins us here momentarily, Keith, about uh, where 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 the bar should be. be well, because- let me say one thing before we get into that, and then we'll go to break and bring Bob on. Don't misunderstand any of my comments. I can't speak for you. Don't understand any of my comments. A.D. Alford's got the authority and the right to do whatever he sees fit. I'm just saying the timing was wrong, and I think that some patience was due and I think there's going to be some pushback far greater than we've seen, acknowledging that there was a group of Florida State faithful that did not think Meat should have gotten the job to begin with and certainly do not have a problem with him being replaced. But I also worry in a much bigger conversation we'll get to into later in the summer, maybe. You know, you got change with the women's basketball program. You got change with the soccer club. You, you extended softball. You made a, a decision on the baseball, the women's softball, uh, basketball side without a search. And now you're, you're doing baseball. That's a whole lot of change in a three or four month period. I, 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 I love the thought of him being that good. Obviously, I'm talking about Michael Alford. But I'm old school. Some would say a curmudgeon. Some would say out of touch. But I worry about too much too quick. I hear you. And ultimately, it goes with the territory uh, for Michael Alford. And 
if you win, then the questions don't get raised. If the, if the coaches win and, and if they don't, then these questions resurface again. Uh, one thing's clear. He's not afraid to make a decision. And he did that with, with Mike Martin. That is correct. And, and, and in that regard, you got to respect that and admire that. And I do. All right. So uh, a little bit longer first segment than what we normally do, but uh, Bob will join us here momentarily. We'll get him to weigh in and we'll do that right after we do this on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And our summer super sale starts now. The weather's hot and the deals are hot. You already know you're going to get your best deal on a new Chevrolet like this 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. But what you didn't know is we sold so many new cars last month, we took in these great one-of-a-kind trades. Like this all-wheel drive Subaru, this 21 GMC Yukon, this 2019 Honda Touring fully loaded, and even an 02 Chevy Corvette convertible. you got to come see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Bob Ferrante joins us, our Osceola insider. He joins us via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Hey, Bob, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys? Good. Good. We just went over, you know, the big story has been obviously the search for Mike Martin Jr.'s successor. And uh, we opined about that. I, I guess we mentioned Link's name. We didn't really talk about candidates other than Link. Uh, what do you think there? And it's going to be a little while before we know definitively on Link, since even if they go two and Q out in Omaha, that'll be like next Wednesday. So it'll be another week before we know if he's coming back. And if you win a game, it'll be 10 days at least, right? Yeah, initially we had heard uh, this job search is going to happen very, very fast. And um, I think some of the early indications were, yes, you know, Link Jarrett's the, the top guy on the list. And um, maybe some folks were thinking in the back of their heads that Notre Dame's playing at number one Tennessee. But but good on Link for going into a, an SEC town and beating a team in Orange and uh, moving on to Omaha. So he he's going to enjoy Omaha. I know he's been out there when he was a player, but um, but good for him. And yeah, I think the search begins and ends with him. I'd be very surprised in the end if it is not Link Jarrett. And, and Florida State's going to have to pay up uh, a very, very big salary for Link. It'll probably be double what uh, Mike Martin Jr. was was making. But that's that's really the going rate for some of the best college baseball coaches. Well, not to disagree with you, but I think the rate might be three times. But we'll see. Tom made the observation, and I want to go back to it as it relates to all right, who are you looking for, what are you going to promise them, and then what do you have to deliver? Uh, we all know four of the eight College World Series participants are SEC schools. Tom appropriately pointed out that it's actually six. So you got six SEC schools of the eight participating in the College World Series. That's what you've got to compete against in the next two, three, and five years. Right. You're recruiting against those programs that have considerably more money based on the TV contracts than the ACC schools will 
will ever have. Can't dream of having that kind of money. So I think, why do you zero in on a candidate like Link Jarrett? Well, he's proven what he can do at UNC Greensboro. He's proven at Notre Dame with high academic standards. He is a Florida State alum. He is a Tallahassee guy. Um, then you look at what he can do to engage the fan base, both local and state, regional, national, how he can engage the donors. Um, Dick Hauser Stadium is wonderful. And I think there's not too many other college baseball stadiums I'd like to be watching a game at, but it definitely needs some help. I mean, you can start a list of, of improvements that need to happen, some painting that needs to be done, rust abatement, sandblasting, but also some, some things like the tradition room that are beautiful. Those need to be upgraded so that the fans can really truly experience uh, how great this program has been for decades and decades. And it can all be done, but it just takes money. And at the end of the day, Michael Alford has a vision. I think Link Jarrett will be able to complement that vision very, very well. And, and Florida State can and should be a baseball powerhouse, but you're going to have to do it on a different budget compared to all those SEC schools that really just have, quite frankly, unlimited resources. So, so to that end, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but 11 coached, what, 40 years? Is that right? I think it was 40. And he went to Omaha, what, 18 times maybe? I mean, it was it was close to one out of two years, ultimately. It was certainly more than one out of three. I don't again, I don't have the numbers. So the the, the bigger question here is, and I know we like to say the this is where the bar is and you don't adjust the expectations. But in light of what we're just talking about, I, I don't know that it matters who you bring in. Florida State's not going one out of three years to Omaha over the next four decades. I, I mean Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't look at it that way. I just don't see that being reality. I think that's part of the expectations that were set by 11 and Mike Martin Jr. I mean, they set the standard of this is a program that's going to Omaha with frequency. And, and why is Mike Martin Jr. not the coach anymore? It's because you go one and two in regionals and you're not hosting a regional. You're not setting yourself up to be in position to host. I don't think the expectations are realistic for Florida State to be in Omaha, say, every year or every other year. But at the same time, I'll say if you get a guy like Link Jarrett who can analyze talent and recruit and hire the right assistant coaches, you have the entire state of Florida to recruit and compete against the Gators and Canes and UCF and everybody else. You've got the state of Georgia. You've built inroads into Atlanta for years and years with this program. Um, potentially do you keep Mike Metcalf, who's done a really good job as a recruiting coordinator, as a guy who scouted for the San Francisco Giants, who was a cross-checker. He knows the personnel throughout all these classes coming up. I think you've got enough guys who you can make a run at it and compete against the SEC. It, what other choice do you have, quite honestly? Yeah, yeah, let me let me just say, Bob, when I uh... – I said it won't be one out of three years, but it could still be with some frequency. I mean, you, you recruit well. You could go three out of five years, and then there's a four-year break, and then you go two out of four. I just don't know that it's going to be quite the same number as what it was under 11. And for Exhibit A, take a look at the team that Link just beat. I mean, that Tennessee team was there last year, and certainly if you watch the way they behaved, they had already won the thing this year, right? But they're not even in Omaha. I mean, that's how much more parity there is in college baseball right now. It is. I mean, this Tennessee team is, is going to go down as one of the best teams in college baseball that didn't 
frankly, make it out to Omaha. And, and that's unfortunate because you'd like to see what those guys could do in a pool type of situation. Uh, could you have made it to a championship round? But Notre Dame, a veteran, experienced roster, a lot of seniors, um, a lot of guys who have already graduated have degrees. Link has coached those guys incredibly well. They play the sport very fundamentally strong. I think they only had like 40 or 41 errors in, in all of those games. So they play the game the right way. And it's because of the tone that Link has set. So it, it just feels like this is a guy who you want to fundamentally establish what you want to do with this program at Florida State for five, 10 or more years. We've only got about a minute left in this segment, Bob. A quick question, quick answer, and then we'll ask you to come back for segment three. Will there be a committee or will this be done from the fourth floor period? I think yes and yes. There will be a committee. Michael Alford will be, I think, ultimately making the decision. And it's a good thing because he's got a baseball background, having played at Mississippi State and UAB. I think he understands the landscape, how much you have to pay, what the vision is. And I think truly he's zeroed in on his top candidate too. And Link being the top candidate. I think so. I very much if, think so. If it wasn't Link, would your sense be that it doesn't have to be an FSU tie? And to be clear, Link would be at the top regardless of an FSU tie based on what he's done at Notre Dame. Yeah, I think he's the top candidate right now this offseason. And, and Clemson is, is the only other big job out there. I mean, these are two schools that are looking for that kind of top candidate. But I, I think Link is the best guy, even without the Florida State connection. I think Clemson should hire Jimbo. He's a former Clemson baseball player. There'd be a natural fit there, and he and Dabo could have lunch together daily. All right, we'll take a break and come back with segment three right after this. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles. All right, let's let's move away from baseball as Bob uh, is kind enough to stay with us uh, on the Earl Bacon HD hotline. Um, raise your hand if you had Pat Kennedy becoming the AD and head basketball coach at Jefferson County High School. No way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I, I want to see this work out for so many reasons. I, I think in Pat Kennedy's view, he can be a mentor for young men. It's a tall task to ask somebody at 70 to relate to 
14 to 18 year old young men and to be able to relate the experiences. But if he can walk in and bring in some of the guys that he's coached through the years from Florida State to DePaul, maybe some of the guys who live locally, can he run some camps over there and, and really engage the community, the Florida State fan base? I think he's got a chance to impact lives. I'm not going to say he's going to win games because that's really, really tough. But can he impact some lives of young men? I, I think there's a good chance that that happens. All I know, guys, is I want Jefferson County to schedule Florida High. And I want to move that game to the Tucker Center. And I want to see a high school game with 10,000 people at it with Pat Kennedy versus Charlie Ward's schools. I'll get on board for that in a heartbeat. That would be fun. I mean, I think that's what people remember about Pat Kennedy. I I got to Tallahassee and FSU in 88, so he had been here a couple of years. But, you know, George McLeod dropped some weight after his first two years, and he became a three-point machine. And then after he moved on, I mean, you're talking about the Charlie Ward, Sam Cassell, Rodney Dobard, Doug Edwards, and Bob Surrey years. And I was just looking at Pat's resume and I had forgotten that he was from King's college and it was his old King's college coach that pointed him to Bob Surrey out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, who wasn't recruited by anybody and winds up being one of the all-time greats. Uh, if memory serves, I, I think that's how that went down, but the, and then FSU enters the ACC and, and game one is the wine and cheese crowd over North Carolina. I mean, that, those were fun times. Obviously, we hit some hard times after that, but those were pretty fun times. Yeah, I think Pat was was probably the right man, the right coach at the right time for that transition going Metro to ACC. And I think you needed a kind of upstart program in the ACC's view. Some somebody that had a little bit of um, uh, confidence, maybe maybe swag that they weren't going to be overwhelmed by this aura of the ACC. And I, I think some programs might kind of wander up to Chapel Hill or, or Durham and go, Oh boy, this is, this is a tough atmosphere. What are we getting into? And, and those, those guys weren't, you know, they, they just flat out weren't. I think for Florida state basketball fans, a long time basketball fans, those are some memorable games and memorable wins for, uh, for what those players and those coaching staffs did. Well, Pat is certainly a character hit my favorite story. I ever heard him say, is he walked up to a rental car counter and he gave his name and they said, oh, okay, Mr. Kennedy, where are you employed? He said, I own a college. You own a college? <laughs> to be fair, he worked for Jim Valvano, and I think Jim actually is the one who uh, has the trademark on that joke. But it's Am, am I recycling? Is Pat recycling something? Oh, yeah, I'm I think further I, recycling yeah. it? I think in the fine print, he had to attribute that to Valvano somewhere. That's still a great line, though. I don't care. I, I knew this, but I mean, and and again, Pat was good to all of us, and those were good days. But when you look at his career trajectory, it's really a career in reverse. He went from my own at FSU, and then he went to DePaul, which was not the DePaul of the 70s anymore and the 80s. And then he went to Montana, where Wayne Hogan hired him. And then he went to Towson. And I don't know what he's been doing now as he goes to Jefferson County. And, Keith, it occurs to me, and we won't share any stories from this trip, but you and I were in Anchorage one Thanksgiving for the Great Alaska Shootout, and DePaul was there, and that might be the last time I actually was in the same room and said hello to, to uh, Pat Kennedy because uh, – I was about to say Paul Kennedy, by the way – to Pat Kennedy because after one of the DePaul games, I don't think it was against FSU, but you and I went and said hello to him. Yep. The greatest stat for Pat Kennedy, I had the pleasure of talking with uh, one uh, Emerson Eugene Deckerhoff, 
former voice of the Knowles uh, this week. And because uh, Gene, you know how Gene is, he remembers numbers. Pat's career record in college is 499 wins and 497 losses. He's one win away from being a member of the 500 win club. And that just speaks volumes to all of us that love Pat Kennedy. He almost got there. Well, he did he did good things for FSU. I wish him well at Jefferson. Certainly did. And good point about Charlie Ward. We'll have to get that one on the on the map so those two can go against each other. All right, Bob. Quick thoughts on on track and field. We we've done justice to Trey Cunningham on this show over the last month or two, but he won another national title. And I say another in that he had never won one until the indoor season this year, but he's simply been unstoppable. I was just looking at the schedule. The USA Track and Field Championships are next week out in Oregon. So 10 days from now or so, roughly plus or minus. But the way he's running right now, I mean, we're in the second best time in the history of collegiate track. That's the kind of year he's put together. I think his initial reactions are, are pretty priceless. When you see the photos and the videos, you see the wow over the time. But then when he does the interview, he's very critical of, hey, I nicked that hurdle, the fifth hurdle, and I nicked another one. And he's thinking to himself, I could have been even faster. He's not saying it, but you know the wheels the are, are spinning. Yes. I think he he is so motivated to not just put himself on a pedestal, but I think hurdles and track and field in general, he wants to elevate the profile of these sports and get them out there on social media, put it out there where people know who Trey Cunningham is, Florida State is, this, this particular um, 110-meter hurdles. So I think he's doing that. And it's in an interesting era where you can, you can scroll through Twitter and in 13 seconds flat, you can watch a pretty incredibly fun run. And it's a tight race for a little while. And then you see him pull away yeah. those last, what, three or four hurdles. But guys, am I the only one that's either old enough or can't remember enough? Isn't Ronaldo Nehemiah the guy in that sport? I, you know, so the name that comes to mind for me is Edwin Moses, but he was in the 400 meter hurdle. So to your point, I, I remember him showing up with the Niners and being fast, Keith, but I don't remember. I'm just saying, does Trey ever called about, has he ever called a football? Hold on. Keith might've gotten something right, Bob. Let's, let's get into the Google machine here and we'll, we'll find that out. Unless you already know the answer, Bob. I do not. I know he played some high school football. Yes. I, I don't remember how good of a high school football player he was, but I think this, the plan all along was I'm a high level high school track athlete. And, and I'm not saying he yeah. shouldn't be. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, Keith, Keith, let the record reflect that this is the addition of front row Knowles where you got it right. He was uh, number one in the 110 hurdles for four straight years. So there well, you go. This is probably addition number 512. So I've got a point oh 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 two success record or however that math works. <laughs> You must have watched the highlights uh, in year two of ESPN Sports Center right after you got home from the air supply concert. I'm just guessing. It was journey. Leave me alone. Bob, what else do we got? Uh, on the football front, Florida State got news. A, a kid who was committed, but we weren't sure if he was going to uh, arrive in town to be eligible this fall. But he's an offensive lineman. Just I could stop there, and that's good news. But uh, in Tavis Woody's in school. Yeah, I mean, Keith, you just made a journey reference. How about don't stop believing in Antavius Woody, that he's going to be on campus academically in the clear. 
and he's here and he's here for the summer bridge program strength and conditioning um you can never have enough good offensive linemen quality and quantity for state now has 18. And i think last year they had 14. so just from a pure number standpoint you've got to have those guys to be able to practice develop them i know you know there's six of them who are true freshmen and who knows if they're going to see more than, than just four games because of that redshirt rule, you can put them out there for four games. I don't know how many we're going to see beyond those four, but it's good to have Alex Atkins have the time to develop them. They can get in on practice, learn from some veterans, guys like Dylan Gibbons, uh, even Demetri Emanuel has been around the block with 25 starts. So I think you've got a nice blend of veterans and newcomers here. That's the way it should be that, the, the upperclassmen can kind of groom the younger guys and show them the ways that Alex Atkins wants uh, to do things. We'll let the record show that one Bob from the Osceola, the Osceola insider still wants another quarterback somewhere. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't know how it's going to happen. I, I just, I, I think you're going into camp in, in July with three quarterbacks and that's, I think in part the reality of the transfer portal, if you maybe had developed a Chubb of Purdy um, and he had had more playing time in the fall, maybe he would have been happy enough to stay. Maybe that is your fourth guy, but you can't rewrite the history and, and you're, you're locked in with three guys right now. I think in part, just because guys have that opportunity to transfer now and they think the grass is always greener. I wish Chubba well, but I know he's not very high on Nebraska's depth chart. So in part, this is a little bit of buyer beware when you start to figure out, hey, is the opportunity so good, especially at quarterback when you can truly only play just one. Um, I, I think right now, Force just has to develop the guys that they have. That's really the only choice that you, that you have. You have to. Um, I want to see Jordan Travis slide more and protect himself. He has to for his team, not just himself. For his offense and for his team, he has to protect himself. And then from there, you've got to develop Tate and, and AJ and, and just go about it with the, with the season as it stands. Keith, are you suggesting Bob would welcome another quarterback with open arms? I think he'd go pick him up at the airport. No, I think he would drive anywhere in the continental United States to pick him up and drive him back. You, you missed the journey reference there, Keith, since we went down that road. But I know. I, I didn't miss it. I ignored it. Yeah, because next week we'll be saying who's crying now, and it'll be Bob. But as the wheel in the sky keeps on turning, Bob, are, are there any more transfers going to show up? Because the second half of the summer school starts, I think, next week at FSU. Uh, and at this point, it's not like you're here for the whole offseason conditioning program anyway. But do you still expect to see some folks show up before fall camp starts? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say never because I, I think rosters are going to be just fluid the way it stands. You, you have to get guys in academically, though. I, I think we'll see some some kind of prospects looking at where they stand. But but right now, I think you're getting pretty close to 85 scholarship guys, and, and we'll just see how it plays out for the season. Keith, you look like you have one more journey reference to make our listeners suffer through. Are you out? I'm out. Um, okay. I guess we can let Bob go as well. Bob, anything else for the good of the order that uh, our listeners should be aware of? It's been fun. We won't do any more journey references. I apologize. <laughs> you took us down a, a black hole. Anyway, uh, appreciate it. Bob Ferrante from the Osceola. You can subscribe to Osceola.com to $6.95 a month. Uh, appreciate it as always. And we'll catch up next week, Bob. Take care.
All right, more Front Row Knowles as we'll wrap it up right after this. Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And our summer super sale starts now. The weather's hot and the deals are hot. You already know you're going to get your best deal on a new Chevrolet like this 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. But what you didn't know is we sold so many new cars last month, we took in these great one-of-a-kind trades. Like this all-wheel drive Subaru, this 21 GMC Yukon, this 2019 Honda Touring fully loaded, and even an O2 Chevy Corvette convertible. you got to come see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. A big thanks to Bob Frante for joining us as always. KJ, uh, I'll tell you what, we're we're definitely going to double his salary since he spent two segments with us. But uh, we, we have reached the slow time of the year. There are a couple other nuggets to get out there. U.S. Open golf and, and Florida State's going to be well represented with four former Knowles there. Trey Jones is heading up there to to see his team play. You know, I, Trey is one of those longtime guys now at this point. We've lost a couple of the longtime fixtures at FSU, but Trey's been up there two decades doing a good job. And so good for him for having four for his players being the U.S. Open. You know, the, the whole concept of being a golf coach, if you'll remember all of us that were in high school, you know, the golf coach had no standing. It was just a token thing. And uh, Trey has been anything other than a token. I mean, he has absolutely grown this program. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to judge uh, your quote-unquote non-revenue Olympic sports, whatever the politically correct term is, by, you know, who you put into the next level. But if that is a standard, then Trey has more than exceeded uh, just about anybody else uh, at the collegiate level when it comes to, to being a, a golf mentor. Besides that, he's just a nice guy. I just yeah, like being around him. He's done a really good job. To your point, Keith, um, you were before me, but I was before the, uh, the Tiger boom that made golf uh, – as popular as it became and uh, my high school team I think there might have been four kids that went out for it and the premise is if, if you went out for the golf team you weren't getting cut and you would have gotten free golf lessons every day at courses around Broward County Florida which there's a little bit of golf in South Florida if you're not aware even I know that Keith the novice that I am on the golf course uh, but you can't live in regret and so I can't go back and change that decision that was back when I still thought I might be an NFL player or maybe an NBA player major league baseball I wouldn't have been a professional golfer either, but I'd be better in golf right now. And I don't play the other three sports anymore. That's the point. If you'd like, I'd be happy to commit that to writing because I have played one round of golf with you and I will tell you, you have no future. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry that you had to suffer through that four and a half hours with me, but I'm sure the 19th hole was enjoyable. Uh, Mark Krikorian, former FSU soccer coach has been hired uh, at the professional level by the Washington spirit to oversee their uh, soccer operation. So it was only a matter of time till he was going to get back into soccer. He was in pro soccer earlier in his career, 
uh, has kind of gone back and forth between college and pros. Uh, I don't know the terms, but uh, obviously he didn't leave on great terms from Florida State after winning the national title, but now he will be uh, back in the game uh, at the professional level. So we wish him good luck. And then uh, aside from that, Keith, we are mid-June. The athletic season is done for Florida State. But the good news, as we have pointed out, is that because FSU plays week zero in football, the athletic season will resume at least one week earlier than normal, which is the last week in July. Yes, and uh, we debated. I didn't. Well, we didn't debate. I made up my mind that uh, when that first game kicks off, we all know that Florida State will have a new play-by-play announcer uh, on that uh, call. And uh, while the official decision has not been released, uh, all um, learned folk are aware of the fact that my good friend and longtime partner, Tom Block, will not be that individual. And uh, fortunately, I've waited until the end of this show because I could go off on a tirade. I know that would shock our listeners, uh, but uh, I'm very disappointed in that decision. No disrespect to whoever they end up naming. But Tommy, you were my choice. Unfortunately, I didn't get a vote. Well, I appreciate it, KJ. And we just got a couple minutes left. I'm not going to get deep into the details there, but obviously I was interested in that position. And uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but it is not going to be me. And uh, I'll see if I remain involved at that level or not. I'm, uh, I'm going through the how many stages of grief are there, Keith? Five, seven, nine, 11, 13. We had about 33 in Wildwood, and about 25 of them were handled by other means. Yeah, and the other eight were Milwaukee's best, or how did that work? <laughs> Whatever was on sale. Keystone Light was was usually the, the one of choice. <laughs> yeah, that is the way it uh, worked. I, I will say this, Keith. I, I don't know that I always find this interesting. I've spent a lot of time in Tallahassee and working at Florida State. And uh, there's plenty of people around town, I think, who aren't aware that I have a separate good job at Florida State that has nothing to do with athletics. Uh, and and I, I don't know if they think that I've been sustaining myself just on doing some some football broadcasting here and there. But um, so I do have that. And it's and, and it's a good job. And I appreciate it. And the, the way it came to fruition, honestly, is and I'm 19 years in now, Keith, when the media landscape started to dry up in the early 2000s. And uh, I was out of work from Florida's news channel and, and, and Sunshine Network at that time, or maybe it was Sun Sports. I've lost track of when that conversion happened. I think it was Sunshine Network. Well, I don't know. Um, anyway, I took a job at the university thinking I would be at FSU for six months. It was just a little home base to get a paycheck and some benefits and continue chasing the sportscasting dream. And what's happened over the years is my, my higher ed career, uh, if it was a 50-50 split when I started, uh, after at one point being 100% in sports and then 50-50 if that was the split, you know, it's been 80 to 20 or 90 to 10 over the last decade or so in terms of higher ed versus sports. Uh, and so now I just got to figure out if I'm going to recalibrate again or, or what that looks like. So I'll figure that out and uh, and we'll see where we land. But yeah, certainly it was disappointing. But I guess the bigger point I'm trying to make, Keith, I, I didn't I didn't arrive at FSU in the late 80s thinking that someday maybe I'd be a candidate to replace Gene nor did I stay in Tallahassee for that. That only really got on the radar a few years ago. And, and frankly, it's because I've been here a while uh, and I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do, but that, that wasn't the reason to stay, but it doesn't mean that I'm not disappointed the way it shook out. That's just the reality of it. 
Well, I'm disappointed, and I'll just be disappointed for both of us, and I'll applaud you because in those years where you have done both, you've been able to take the broadcasting and use that to further your higher ed career because of notoriety, name recognition, people knowing and trusting you, believing in you, understanding you. And it just disappoints me that Florida State can't recognize the value of that and then try to multiply exponentially your reach uh, by uh, utilizing another avenue in vain. I think that's short-sighted on FSU's part, but that's my opinion. Well, I, I appreciate your sentiment, and that's that's Keith, not me speaking. But, yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I joke, going back to my earlier point, Keith, uh, like I said, there's, there's, there's half the university thinks I only work at FSU on the academic side. Then there's this population that thinks I only have a sports job and there's very precious few that realize I've had both over the years. So uh, those are the ones who are truly plugged in, but, uh, this too shall pass Keith and uh, good Lord willing. We'll do another show next week. Look forward to it, Tommy. All right. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in to front row Knowles.